Who brings their cat to a coffee shop? Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I am your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Cookie. Hey, hey, hey. Smoke weed every day. Tobear. Hello. I'm hey, here. Mike. Present. Uh, yeah, due to the recent revelations on the dark side of the ring, I'm going to probably refrain from using the Ric Flair woo. Uh, yeah, I would too. Uh, I believe that. Is that uh? Is that why Mike has his camera off? Is he currently helicoptering? <laughs> we did, just no sell it, guys. Don't sell it. Yeah, just don't sell it. Don't sell it. Uh, we are back. Uh, we had a, a rugby uh game yesterday for the first time in a long time. Mike, how are you feeling today? Oh, I feel like absolute garbage. I uh been dealing with a back thing for months now and i made it through the sevens tournament and then started rehabbing it and had a setback and started rehabbing it again felt good on saturday felt good caught the opening kickoff welcome to fly trap let's go and then uh first scrum of the day foot slips out from underneath me and boom i'm like a cripple uh, managed to finish out the half almost but uh i don't feel good today at all yeah, I don't feel great. Uh, I can tell you that my neck has not been used to the uh, the scrumming, and uh, that's that is what I'm feeling today. My neck, my back, my butthole, and my crack. All of it. <clears throat> my entire body a little bit sore today. Uh, Mike, you said you had an interesting day, so I decided to start with you. What happened? Well, so, you know, I was not feeling good yesterday at all. And I was contemplating, like, texting my boss and just saying, like, hey, just so you know, tweaked my back. I tend to work through it. It's usually not that big of a deal. I woke up, take my morning medications, of ibuprofen and Tylenol, try to get through the day. Um, and Tober, this is going to be something that you have to look forward to, becoming a new father. But apparently, Elliot was watching me take my medicine and decided to open up the Tylenol bottle and play and or taste the pills um, that we had. Like he got them up, he got them, somehow opened the childproof lid. I don't know if he- It's childproof. He watched me do it. They're ever observant children. Um, like sponges. Yeah. And so we're, you know, and he's three, right? So he doesn't talk much. He talks enough. So we can't get out of him if he ate any or how many he ate. <laughs> and, and so like, and you don't want to yell at him cause then he's going to like deny it. And so we're trying to figure out ways to like, kind of get through to him that it's kind of important. And, uh, cause at first I'm like, well, you know, it's, I think he was just playing with them cause they, they like make a good sound when they rattle and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, I said, maybe, maybe he was just playing with them and he, he's saying he didn't eat them. And then, uh, about 30 minutes later, like right before I leave to go to work, I'm like, Elliot, what did those taste like? And he goes, yucky. And I go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, long story short, I went to the hospital. Amanda, you know, tried to like, they called some people, 
to figure out like what was best. Poison control just said it would probably be best to go to the hospital. I looked up the the ED and we weren't busy. And I said, just come here, text my boss. Hey, I got to call out because my kid ate Tylenol, we think. And uh, so in a, in a roundabout way, my back pain did lead to me being off today, but it was involved my son potentially ingesting oh, a, God. a deadly chemical. So they you know, have we have like some uh, Epicac. Yeah. They don't sell that anymore. Oh, really? Um, Epicac is gone. They don't sell it anymore, at least not at CVS. And then they don't sell activated charcoal in the form that you would normally get. Um, yeah. Because I, I had pulled up a study and read a study that was like 80 some percent of home ingestions can be resolved with either of those two taken within the first hour. But um, apparently the stores in Wilmington do not supply those things. Um, we have some pamphlets for them to read about uh, uh, pill use and uh, yeah. narcotic abuse in general, especially yeah, he, in the woods. He's not supposed to start the pills till he starts wrestling, not before. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. <laughs> football at least. Um, wow. but yeah, very interesting morning around the Mauer household. Tensions have died down. I'm, I think I'm most upset that he missed his first rugby practice. He was going to go to the rugby youth clinic today, and oh, instead, uh, feeling too good. Yeah, instead he uh, went and got blood drawn and got a donut. Did did they seem to think that he he ingested any? No, no, they drew his blood and they said there was nothing to worry about. At most, he might have had one or two, but like he's three and he's not telling us, so we can't. Once he said it was yucky, though, I was like, oh, man, he definitely ate one. <laughs> Go Elliot. <laughs> the kid feels no pain today, I can tell you that. All okay. right. Well, uh, that is Mike's week. Uh, and, and that's, that's just my, my Sunday morning. Mike's Sunday morning. Uh, cookie. Yes, sir. What what happened this week? It's I, I, you huffed and puffed on Red Rocks. It sounded like I dude, uh, the altitude got to me, man. Um, you know, I was most worried about uh, getting altitude sickness while being up that high. I wanted to take the pictures and whatnot, but you know, the sun beaming down, two days of practice, running around in this crazy place, uh, and school just started this week. Your boy was gassed. For the entire week i'm not like like you said aaron you're not used to scrumming your boy is not used to all this activity uh it's been a while so uh but we made it i made it up the red rocks took pictures it was a fun afternoon we enjoyed blue moon afterwards because uh, the blue moon brewery is here really i didn't know that it was a uh colorado brewery it is a colorado brewery it's pretty nice it's actually really nice so other than that, uh, how was your first week of class, son? Uh, first week of class, it was just like a syllabus week for the most part, man. I've realized that grad school is a, it's a lot about discussion. It's, it's not about busy work. And um, just wait, just wait, Cookie. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sure that like, you know, because we get Fridays off. So I imagine that, you know, down the road, these Fridays are going to be my time to cry, uh, cry myself to sleep yep. from all the work that I have. So uh, I'm just waiting on that to hit me. But right now, first week, it's all good. All right, Tolbert, you're up next. Tolbert, how was your week? Busy week. Uh, You know, working. It's post-Labor Day, so we're getting into those fall-time motions. Um, You know, things have been good. Cook for you boys. I did not play rugby yesterday, but I decided I would sweat 
just as much and worked just as hard as you guys did on the field, off the field. Um, so I was man in the barbecue pit and all 100,000 degrees of it, uh, but cooked some chicken tacos, man, hung out, drank a couple beers, enjoyed some good rugby. Uh, got to watch you guys beat up on Triad a little bit and try out some new stuff. Uh, so it was fun. It was a good day. It was good to be at Fly Trap in all its glory on a beautiful sunny day. So now is the time we get to, to tell a couple stories. Mike, were there any funny things that you witnessed uh, during the rugby match? Anything in particular? Uh, no, I was pretty pretty just focused on not dying on the field. And gotcha. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the issue is when, you, when you're completely um, inept like I was, you just have to make sure you're at the right – you're in a position to help. Um, so I was more worried about that and then trying not to kill myself. Shout out to Thomas. Thomas played a hell of a game yesterday. Yeah, man, he gave me some saucy offloads. Very saucy like offloads. Those um, saucier than my chicken. Yeah, those those were fun. I wish I wish I had my full. I had no hip drive. Like my my glutes were gone, and so I was just running on my hamstrings. So like every time he gave me the ball, I was just like I had no power. My we made that joke earlier when we were warming up that like fifty percent jog is my hundred percent jog. Well, it turned into my like 25% jog is my 100% jog. Uh, <laughs> Usually terrible. you see Mike rumbling and bumbling across. No, the, it, was, uh, it was more like Mike catching the ball and just like biding time. Yeah. He's got no hip power because he was making all these babies, man. If you stop making babies, <laughs> maybe you'd have some hip power, Mike. Exhausted. <laughs> Exhausted. <laughs> uh, I pulled a man's pants down yesterday. Yeah, we saw hey, got, uh, Var- we saw the, a butthole. The we Rikishi bomb. Oh, God. Our boy, Bryce, who, uh, one of our favorites, I went to tackle him. I wrapped up and grabbed his pants, uh, and pulled down and his pants went down with it. And then Bryce yelled, Vardom, why you showed everybody my asshole? (laughs) I think, uh, Aaron, I think everyone wants to know, did you get stink faced by Bryce? (laughs) I did not get stink faced by Bryce. Okay. All right. So his his asshole did not land on your face. No. No. Okay. I have not. I, I for one have had Bryce land on me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He'll get he's you a, if you're not careful, man. He's He'll a run big your ass boy. over. <laughs> he will run your ass over. Such a big boy. Mike, uh, today on the podcast, something that goes very hand in hand with with your dilemmas, making you sound like you're you're kind of injury prone this week. Another person that is injury prone, Kevin Nash, the man who is the focus of this week's episode of $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. We've got the one and only Super Shredder. We have got Big, uh, what is his name in Detroiters? Oh, Detroiters? Um, It's Big. uh, Big Hank. Big Hank from Detroiters. (laughs) We have got. It wasn't his own shit. It was not his shit, and I don't know if that made it worse. Uh, Definitely makes it worse. Big Daddy Diesel, uh, the king of uh, cool. I got to meet him downtown uh, a couple times at a couple wrestling shows. He came very into, nice uh, man. He came into Cape Fear Wine and Beer one day. He's, oh, he's sure. very knowledgeable about wine, correct? Yeah, he was looking for wine. Uh, very just low-key, you know, just being big sexy like he is. And he walks in, everyone goes kind of looks down the bar they're like everyone's whispering like is that kevin nash and he's just like <laughs> got two bottles of the nicest red wine we had and took it back to his hotel room did he say 
toot toot as he walked out? He did not. <laughs> he did not. The diesel noise? No? All right. <laughs> Anyways, Big Daddy Diesel, maybe not the best worker in the world. And uh, God damn if I didn't love him. Jesus. Same. Thank you, Byron, for picking out the matches this week. Uh, very, very happy that he picked these matches out because I didn't want to have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to have to pick out Big Daddy Diesel matches, but because the worst part of picking matches is you have to watch like a dozen wrestling matches. A lot of matches. (laughs) You have to watch a lot of wrestling. Jesus, that's a lot of wrestling. Anyways, let's talk about some wrestling. All right, Mike, for your matchup this week, you have got one Big Daddy Diesel against Bret Hart. That is correct. We've got Bret Hart versus Diesel, WWE title match, Steel Cage match from In Your House 6, February 18th, 1996. Um, Mike, do you like WWE cage matches? I feel like there's... There's been a lot that we've covered in the last 120-some episodes. That's it's over two years' worth of, of wrestling um, deep dives. And I think one of the few things that has carried forward through this entire time is my great general disdain for the WWE Steel Cage match. I think yes. it started off, uh, started off with the very first episode. But that wasn't a WWE. That was WWCW. It, in, in, w, yeah. it doesn't matter, though. Well, it was WCCW. Uh, either way, it morphed into my disdain for WWE steel cage matches. As soon as Byron picked the matches, everybody collectively rolled their eyes, groaned, and made mention of my, my uh, disgust in the rules for the WWE match. Um, and Byron did apologize. And I said, hey, it's okay. Because the only thing that's going to make this match serviceable is that it's Bret Hart. Um, and so we get to the match, right? I, it just cuts right to these guys in the steel cage. Uh, I do appreciate that it is not a um, chain link steel cage. It is a re- rebar styled steel cage. So you can see through it pretty good. Um, some of the new cages, it's really tough to, to see through. And they got to have those like special cameras. Um, I did gag a little bit because it was 21 minutes. And I was really worried about what was going to happen um, and if it was going to keep my um, interest. And ultimately, you know, what, what I decided after watching this several times, this is, this is the most frustrating thing. I watched this match several times, right? And then we'll get to the, the, the most memorable part of it. But outside of that, it is just three chunks of six-minute segments that are exactly the same. <laughs> it is Diesel getting offense, Red Hart getting his comeback, selling his ass off, looking like a million bucks, looking like the best wrestler in history. Bret Hart climb goes to climb out of the cage, and Diesel pulls him back in. Rinse and repeat that three different times. Now, Diesel did three different moves to get Bret Hart back into said cage. Um, but other than that, there was zero memorable uh, wrestling 
incidents during the match. Uh, can you think of any? No, and 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 I believe uh, it kind of attests to the the uh, lack of ability and lack of knowledge of professional wrestling at the time of Big Daddy Diesel. Uh, I believe Whoa. that Bret Hart did a lot of the match to kind of make Diesel look good. For sure, and and I think, but also it's a it's it's the WWE style, right? So at one point Hart does hit the figure four, but you know that he can't end the match with the figure four. Cause it's so, not his move. Well, the sharpshooter, whatever, whatever. I know it's not the same. Look, I'm terrible with move names. We all know this. I'm also trying to watch the Steelers game. My mind's in two different spots and my back hurts. So he tries to hit the sharpshooter. But then, you know, Bret Hart knows that he can't win with the sharpshooter. So then, he, like, Diesel counters it with, like, an eye poke or head scratch or some shit. It was some weird thing. And uh, and then, yeah, so it's just like you you know you're not going to get that kind of climactic finish that you would expect out of a normal match because they're trying to escape a cage um, and bitch out of the match. So um, fast forward to the end. Diesel's got Bret Hart just gashed and worked. He's done. You can see it in his eyes. He's smiling. He, at one point, he could have went for the, the cage door, but instead he actually, you know, takes time to do one more move to Bret Hart. And as he's essentially walking out the door, what happens? The Undertaker comes out from inside, underneath the ring, and pulls Diesel down. Cloud of smoke. Bret Hart's like, what the fuck? Climbs up, lands on his feet, maintains. And then you see Diesel does escape. Yeah. (laughs) They should have just kept him down there. I I don't understand. So, like, was Undertaker under the ring the whole time? Yes. That would be terrible. Because he's, like, six foot eight, and so is Diesel. So then Diesel's down there, and they're both probably chilling, like, hey, man. So, like, what do we do? There's probably a monitor down there to like kind of give them an idea of what the fuck's going on. Of course, but just, uh, like this, yeah, on top of each other, <laughs> just, just chilling there, <laughs> a sandwich. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, then Undertaker comes out, and obviously you hear the gong and the lights cut, and it's all purple and stuff. And clearly, um, he's going to challenge Diesel for something. But uh, I think again, much like the other Bret Hart matches I've had, it's a testament to what he could get out of anybody. I like the idea of Diesel, right? I like how he's big and fairly charismatic in a sense, but like, I'm also, I, and I'm like one of the ones who's not like a work rate junkie. Like I don't need to see you do a million moves, um, but it just, he just doesn't capture me at all. No. Uh, and so, yeah, this was a, this was a tough watch, but I'm glad Bret Hart won. And uh, hopefully the Undertaker beat Diesel. Mike, uh, anything going on on social media this week? Um, not too sure. I haven't really been on it much. But, uh, <laughs> I'm been, you know, taking care of business, doing other things. Mike, are are you high? No, I'm not actually. What um, what is going on? Is you are the most. This is we, the most boring episode of the podcast ever. I think it's just because I'm in pain. I literally can't do anything without hurting. Um, no, Twitter, we're about the same. 
You have so guys, I, I, I do want to I, I want to mention that this week we're we're all zooming because uh you know Tolbert had a previous obligation and uh Mike is not feeling great because of his back and I'll tell you that Mike is refuses to turn his camera on to let us see him uh because Mike is so ashamed of how high he is right now of this pain he's going through or that too yeah no it's more of the the shame of the pain and how i'm squirming like a i don't even know what whore in church or whatever i'm just like uncomfortable just fidgeting aaron would eventually yell at me for fidgeting around Um, we don't do a video for the podcast so i don't think it's necessary to be on video thank you mike yeah. Anyway, you didn't post anything. We, we, we've been doing a little bit of live tweeting, though, during AEW Dynamite, which I think is fun. Um, little interaction there. We'll get, I think Instagram's up to like 170 some followers, though. I don't know what Tolbert's doing. But uh, I love when Tolbert says he's going to post pictures and then never does because he took a couple pictures of me yesterday. Laying oh, I, I, did I, I don't even know if I sent it to him. Did I send it to him? Well, not a lot of follow through on Tolbert's end. I definitely sent it to him. Um. He did. He did post about how he was going to destroy a bag of ice, like Undertaker destroyed Jericho, and posted a picture of that. Um, I like where we're at in social media, though, because we're not, we're not, we're just trying to be ourselves. We're trying to crack ourselves up. We're not clamoring for fans. We're not losing fans. So people, the people that are seeing our content are clearly enjoying it. Um, so shout out to us. We had some great interaction this week over people that liked our. Uh, I think you should leave tweets. Yeah. The, the references to I think you should leave. Uh, yeah, so I think we, we've got a very niche audience. I did send off the shirts to uh, to the uh, Corey Forrester, the comedian this week, and uh, Jim Cornette. So maybe we'll get some rub from there. I'm oh, sorry, Mike. Real quick, I will say that my favorite post from Tolbert this week was the Will Rugby for Drugs. That was, <laughs> that was my favorite Instagram post from him. Just going to throw it out there. Thank you. I think the other only post that you could have picked was the graphic from this week, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was. It was yes. <laughs> and the bag of ice. And the bag of ice. It goes back to the carefully curated content that we try to, to post to make sure that we are showing our fans the true us. We're not going to just spam things. And I, I retweeted Iron Sheik. I like retweeting Iron Sheik when he's got a fire, fire tweet. And, uh Yeah. We're going to just do our own thing and be ourselves. All right, uh, Cookie, for the strong style, the strongest of style. Cookie, you have got one uh, Kevin Nash against... A goat berg. A goat berg. Uh, I have two big meaty men slapping meat, of course. It's my favorite. And uh, let's see here. I guess I guess it's on me to save this podcast this week, Aaron. So thank here, you. Here I am. All right. You got Goldberg, who's the champion. The streak is going strong right now. I think it's like 173 to zero. Uh, he has zero losses, 173 wins. I don't know if that was actually. Was that actually true, Aaron? Did he actually? Was no, that right? they, they, they padded those numbers. It, it started true, and then they started padding them by like 12, because apparently there was like people that were keeping track of all the house show scores and stuff. 
Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, once they realized that they could make it a real big thing, they started making it too big of a thing, and people started calling them out on it. Oh, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Now, WCW, man. This is true. This is 1999 WCW. Kevin Nash and the Wolfpack are red hot, pun intended. Now, I want to first start off with no shout out to whoever uploaded this video because all the signs in the video were backwards. Aaron, did you notice this? Yeah, so they do that so they don't get popped. Ah, okay. By the YouTube police. Ah, well, it, it you know, it ruined the 90s humor for me. You know, who that's still one of my favorite signs. Speaking of who farted, Mike, unplug your mic or so. Was that you? Uh, I don't know. I'm just squirming around here, bud. I, <laughs> did you hear that? I did hear that. It sounded like Mike farted into the microphone. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead with the 90s humor. It was, uh, it was probably just my old man grunts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I digress. Uh, uh Probably the best sign is who farted from the 90s. Probably the worst sign that I did uh, get to decipher from this match, Suicide King. Uh, maybe the worst sign I saw in the crowd. So there was a movie at the time called Suicide Kings, and uh, maybe it was a reference to that, but I, I don't think so. Was it a good movie, Aaron? Uh, it, was, it was a passable movie. It was one of those movies that was kind of, kind of on the peripheral of, of kind of cool cinema. It, it's got Christopher Walken in it. Would you call it a cult classic? I, I would definitely say it's a cult classic. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Suicide Kings. There we go. I, I learned something new today. I that pop- movie came out in 97. Yeah. Jay okay. Marr, uh, the, guy f- the guy who played Elliot from uh, E.T., the guy from The Big Bang Theory. Who's the head nerd on that that's not Sheldon, the short guy in the glasses? I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name. Yeah. And... Uh, that's it. Dennis Leary. Ah, so it's almost an all-star cl- ca- uh, cast to this. So it, it's it's like the all-star cast if uh, you were like a like a '90s guy. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, well, cultural lesson for your boy Cookie today. Uh, you know who else? I mean, you know, we're talking about you know artists. Thank God, I just want to say thank God for C Murder for giving us one of the best entrance themes for the Wolfpack. Yes. Loved it. Loved it. And the best beat I've ever heard in my life for a wrestling theme. I still bump it to this day. Shout out to C-Murder. But just, Aaron, imagine being a kid again. It's 1999. Your parents just ordered Starcade. You just, you know, your mother just whipped up some Barnum Town shrimp. <laughs> your friends bring over a fat doobie. And life is good. That, that was- uh, no, I was not. I, I can tell you. I was not smoking a doobie at that time in my life. We got to ask Tolbert and see if he was smoking that doobie in 99. But uh, I digress. Let's go ahead and get to this countdown. Cookies top four. Number one. Uh, Aaron, this match is full of, uh, shall I say, uh, great moves, great technical wrestling moves in this match. Would you say that? No. No, not at all. Okay. So I'm going to start off with this. Kevin Nash with a headlock on Goldberg. He forces Goldberg into the corner and gives him a couple knees and an elbow. That's my number one. <laughs> the excitement. Number I two. Us, I thought you were supposed to save us. I, I, uh, well, I'm going to, I have to be honest with my crowd here. Uh, sorry, Mike. I have to be honest with them. Okay. So 
Um, this is me saving us by being honest. Uh, one of the best technical wrestlers is involved in this match. Uh, do you believe this statement, Aaron? No. No, not at all. Okay. Correct. Both of these men are terrible ring technicians. <laughs> but, but we see not only a heel hook from Goldberg, but also an arm bar. We see an arm bar. That's right. This is 90s WCW, Aaron. So the arm bar is big. Am I right or am I right? I, I, I mean, if you were a man of a thousand and two holds, you know? Yes, yes absolutely. Thousand and, thousand and one. Um, now, I mean, I'm sure. Do you think, Aaron, do you think Meltzer would have given this match uh, four and a half stars? Uh, he, he probably gave it like one star. One star. One yeah. star. That sounds about right. That, that's going to lead me into my number three. Go ahead. Number, <laughs> number three. All right. Um, so. That's enough fancy wrestling for Big Sexy. The arm bar is like his, that's his, uh, his technical maneuver. Let's go deep into his arsenal and hit Goldberg with the, uh, hold up, it's in my notes somewhere, uh, a big boot. He hits him with a big boot. Goldberg ducks it and Nash gets jacked up with a spear. Cookie, I heard he, uh, I heard he learned that boot while he was on tour in Japan. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a reference there, Mike. I don't know if that was. Uh, it's it's just that it's a, it's just a, such a basic move, and he sucks. That's all. Oh, okay. I, I can I can confirm to you, Cookie. He, this yeah. match got two point seven five stars from Meltzer. Two point seven five. Two point seven. Mike, did you watch my match? Do you think it deserved two point seven five stars? Uh, Cookie, I read what your match was, and immediately said that's a one star match. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. When you're learning moves like the big <laughs> from Japan. I, I just I, I don't think this match deserves two point seven five. I don't I don't want or I haven't watched a ton of wrestling. I get it, but like I can write that match out in my head. Absolutely, real fast. And this was the main. I want to just throw this out there too. This was the main event for their WrestleMania. Yeah, th- this was the main event for Starcade. For Starcade, <laughs> this was this was their the best thing that they could put together was Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. I. It pissed me off. Anyway, let's go into the honorable mentions. Wait, wait, what, one thing aside, uh, Cookie, what, what do you think Goldberg's lowest rated match is? I think his lowest rated match, I, I imagine it couldn't go below one star. So I'm going to say his lowest rated match is probably 1.25. I'll give him a uh, It is negative one. Negative. <laughs> against Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Aaron, I want you to do some. How bad was that? It must we, we gotta find it now. Uh, Aaron, can you look up Goldberg versus Undertaker and tell me what kind of rating that got? What year was that? 2019? Yeah, like 2018, 2019, something like that. Or like, yeah. or even the Goldberg Steven Regal match. Yeah. Like, I'm just curious about these ratings. Like, and just why- just to get an anchor point for how bad that Mongo McMichael match was, because we watched the Undertaker match, we've seen the Regal match. Like, that's gotta be terrible. It has to be. It has to be lowered. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it's not lower than the negative one, honestly. Um, I'm going to go into my honorable mentions while you're looking that up, Aaron. Uh, Kevin Nash, one of the most awkward sidewalk slams. He tries to use his left arm. He almost kills Goldberg. I mean, it almost looks like Nash is blown up. I think, <laughs> I think Nash got blown up in probably the first two minutes of this match. Hey, man, those boots are heavy, brother. You're not lying. And those elbows, don't forget about those elbows. Zero. That that got zero stars. So the McMichael matches one 
negative one worse. I just I can't physically think of how it could be worse. I I want Tolbert to review that match, and I want to I kind of want to see what he has to think about that. Um, going back, let's see here. Goldberg, freak of nature. I mean, he got Nash's big ass up for a power slam, but he really doesn't need to do a super kick or a wheel kick. Like, why is he doing this? He's like six foot four, 300 pounds. Like that's what retired Bret Hart. Like, why are you doing this? Goldberg is, uh, he does unnecessary stuff. That's what I was, that's what I'll say. Uh, and then my last two honorable mentions, DDP should have ended the streak when he counted a jackhammer into the diamond cutter. Come on now. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then uh, the next thing that happened after Nash won this match, I'm Aaron, this is trivia for you. Do you know what happened after that? Like, what was the next big event that happened? Uh, was it the finger poke? It was. It was the finger poke of death. Uh, Hogan goes over on Nash with literally one finger. And I think that was spelled the end of WCW. Would you yeah. say so? Yeah, like, it, it was a shithole at that point. Yep. Yep, uh, I imagine everyone left after that because this booking was terrible. I'm pretty sure Russo was probably involved with this. I think Russo came in right after that. Oh, Jesus Christ. It only goes downhill from here. Number four. All right. Shout out to Disco Inferno and Bam Bam Bigelow for interfering with <laughs> this match. It gave me some fresh eyes, some new faces to see. I needed something else besides a big boot and an elbow and a spear. And a jackhammer. I need. Uh, I needed more than that. So you know, shout out to those guys for interfering in the match. But the most surprising spot had to be a returning Scott Hall with the infamous cow prod to the chest of Goldberg. You would think that after after this past week, you, you would think that they would just try to h bomb Goldberg. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we've seen what an H bomb can do to wrestlers, right, Aaron? Especially Scott Hall. Apparently, you, you, you would have to take Goldberg out in a wheelchair. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, it puts him down for not only a three count, Aaron. I, I would think it puts him down for hours. Anyway, um, Goldberg's worst enemy: electricity. <laughs> Specifically, nine volts of electricity from a cattle prod. Uh, because it puts him down for this match. And his his streak is over due to a cattle prod. I just I I I'm I'm still putting that through my head. Like I haven't seen bad booking like this until well, probably until this this week, Monday Night Raw, Vince yeah. McMahon booking booking raw. Um and the parallels are there and you can see it. I'm not gonna say it, but the parallels are there. The parallels are definitely there. Um so this match, you know, this match gets probably one cookie. One cookie, yep. I'll, I'll give it one cookie because um, it was, I guess, a moment in history, infamous as it was. It, it was a moment. Uh, so I'll give it one whole cookie and um, can't wait to see what I have next week. <laughs> hey, I will tell you with Bret Hart, though, you're going to have some some possible. Never mind. Wait, <laughs> yeah, we haven't decided on Bret Hart yet. Sorry. Sorry. I will tell you, Cookie, that, uh, that you know, I'm probably going to forget to cut this part out anyway. Spoiler alert, we uh, recorded Tolbert's section before we recorded Cookie's section. Uh, I, I think that you're going to have a decent match next week. Well, I hope so, Aaron. I need something. You know, I have a streak of having five cookie matches or four and a half cookie matches. And this one just ruined my streak. I just realized that. My streak has been ruined. <laughs> my streak has been ruined. Byron Thanks. came Wait, in and just uh, cattle prodded your ass. He did. Well, no, no, you actually... 
you have to blame Travis and Byron because that's how we got here. Well, Travis and Byron, you're on my fucking shit list. How about that? You ruined my street, boys. All right, for the highest spot, you have got Kevin Nash against Mick Foley for the TNA Legends title. Before oh, yeah. we go anywhere, uh, Cookie, what, what is the TNA Legends title? Uh, the TNA Legends title came around that time of uh, Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff. They were looking for a new title that they could bring. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for people like Devon Dudley, you know, you had Booker T, you had a lot of old heads, Kevin Nash included, Mick Foley. The oh, main event mafia? Yes, the main event mafia. They, you know, they, they needed a title. They needed some gold to wear around their waist because these men paved the way for the younger generation in TNA. So they needed their own brand, their own title, hence the TNA Legends title. Can I just say, I love that Cookie is our TNA expert. I know. <laughs> I, I, I was just about to say he's our resident TNA expert. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Uh, uh, I don't think anything was paved in TNA. No, I, you know, it, it, it is good because I did true. not watch TNA and I still I did not either. Cannot watch TNA. Me neither. Yeah. So of course, I pull it up and I go, oh, great. It's a TNA match. Uh, we'll ask Cookie all about this. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Uh, here you we know? are. Did you know octagon. that, uh, what is it? So, what spells backward is murder? What is oh, it? that's right. Relic. Did you guys know? Uh, Relic, is- Relic spelled backwards is murder? Murder? Yeah, whatever it was. Killer. Killer. Killer spelled backwards. Killer spelled backwards. <laughs> oh, that's red rum. I'm so stupid. Tolbert, go. <laughs> yeah, so here we are in the octagon, the TNA octagon. Uh, and like that, I said, that it's, would, uh, it's, it's a hexagon. It's a hexagon. Sorry, I did not. I didn't even, I didn't fail geometry. I didn't even take geometry. Um, but here we are, TNA Legends match. Uh Mick Foley starts off with a, a really nice promo about how, you know, this is his life. This is his, you know, wrestling is his life. He's proud. He's not about the cash. All Kevin Nash is is about the money, about the contracts, about the fame, how he's never even had a conversation with Kevin Nash that doesn't revolve around money. I really he, like that line. Yeah, it actually is a really good, really good promo. I mean, Foley's a god. He's got the TNA Legends gold over his shoulder while he's cutting this promo. Um so he's putting the belt on the line against Kevin Nash. It's going to be, you know, uh, the fucking heart and soul of wrestling versus, you know, the big time company ass kisser contract man uh, getting paid big bucks. But we start off, Big Sexy comes out. Um, I have to say, man, uh, Cookie, where the TNA crowd's always like this, it just seems very small, very, uh, yes. I don't know, not very filled out. It seems like you got a ringside seat for like 50 bucks. Like yeah, you came probably less than that. <laughs> but, 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 crowds. Yeah. But I mean, the fans that are there are hyped, you know, and this is a weird time in wrestling. So I guess the people that are there to see it are really into it. Uh, big sexy makes his way out though. Uh, you know, does his thing, you know, big man doing big things. And uh, here comes Foley. Um, this is a weird time, so it's kind of like Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, all of it wrapped up in one together, uh, and that that's his thing. So he comes out in his flannel with the belt. He's he's ready to go. Uh, they don't waste any time. They lock up. They go right at it. Um, I know last week we talked about how Nash can't move well. He doesn't really 
necessarily wrestle all that well, but damn if he doesn't look good. And I've always been entertained by him from WCW days, even to these some of these TNA matches I've seen. Um, you know, as big as he is, he moves his body well, makes his punches look good. Um, Foley kind of carried him through this match, though. He took most of the punishment. Uh, he does hit the guardrail really, really hard a few times. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and it's like, holy shit, he's still taking these bumps at this age. Because, uh, you know, Foley's not a young man at this point. Neither is Kevin Nash. Um, you know, we, we see Foley get knocked around a lot. You know, like I said, car- kind of carrying the weight of this match, taking a lot of heavy bumps until we get an outside spot where uh, Kevin Nash gets tossed out of the ring. He's laying uh, on the floor. McFoley is going to do one of his patented elbow drops off the top rope to the outside. Um, right before this, a chair was in play, and a Kevin Nash kind of has possession of it. He grabs it just in time to block the elbow drop from the top. Um, I don't know how it caught Foley. I don't know if he bladed. or Oh, he or, definitely bladed. Yeah, I think it was when after when he was laying there face down for a little bit. But he gets up, and his eye – it looks like his eye has just been taken out <laughs> it, is, it is pretty brutal. He went pretty deep. Uh, but he's, he's bleeding all over the place. Uh, from here, Nash just kind of punches him in the face a lot. He actually takes a little boxing stance and squares up a little bit and uh, gives him the old old one-two a few times. Uh, we end up back outside the ring where Foley bashes Nash's face right into the still steps, and he <laughs> starts bleeding as well. So, um yeah, both guys gushing blood at this point from their eyeballs. There is a lot of blood in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Foley is bleeding like stuck pig. Not to be cliche, but he is. Uh, then Nash's little cut just opens up, and he's bleeding all over the place. We've got blood splatters on, on the camera, everything. Um, during this promo, Foley alludes to his barbed wire bat, which he cannot find. He's like, do you see it anywhere? I don't see it anywhere. I'm going to find it. Well, he does find it. It's under the ring. No, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> there it is. The whole time. The whole time. But So he grabs his barbed wire bat. But as soon as he goes to go in on Kevin Nash, we get a distraction from his protege. Um, Abyss? You know yes. No, no, it wasn't Abyss. It's Kevin Nash. As a young lady comes out to distract Foley. Uh, what is her name? Kind of, Kind of looks like China almost, but... Uh, a little smaller version. I can't remember who it was. Uh, um, hold on. Stand anyway, up. she comes out, um, distracts McFoley ringside, allowing Kevin Nash to get the roll-up in the pin, uh, grabbing the belt, also grabbing Foley's bat, and then proceeds to beat him with it. Uh, so he's taking some brutal hits from this barbed wire bat. Uh, we hear some music, and his big old friend Abyss comes with his barbed wire bat to save his friend and uh, fend off Kevin Nash. Uh, Kevin Nash, all bloody, with the belt and toe in the barbed wire bat, uh, exits the building and leaving Foley in a bloody heap. Oh, it was Tracy uh, Brooks. Was Tracy really Brooks. She's real yeah. hot. Yeah, she was a good-looking girl. But, that's, that's who that is. If you know Frankie Kazarian, that's his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Our local TNA expert once again. I got you, man. Everybody's yeah. so like uh, sans energy this week. We're all just kind of out of. I, I'm exhausted, <laughs> dude. After that, after being uh, at Flytrap all day yesterday, 
coming home, going to work. I'm on a long stretch of shifts. I've got coworkers at Riot Fest in Chicago right now, so I'm covering for them why I'm not at Riot Fest. Wop wop. <laughs> Next year. Dude, they had a great lineup this year, man. Uh, was Nine Inch Nails at, at this? <laughs> so Nine Inch Nails and my friends went to see Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails dropped out. You know who took Nine Inch Nails' place? No. Morrissey. Morrissey. Imagine going to see Nine Inch Nails and you get Morrissey. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry. Fuck, I think. I think. Uh, yeah. Trent Reznor got uh, got COVID. I think. But uh, anyway, uh, y'all ready for the haiku? Yeah, give it to me. All right. Nash is for the cash. Mick Foley will bleed for this. Mm-hmm. Everybody bleeds. Thank you, Tolbert. <laughs> I can tell Thank Aaron you, did not like my uh, Tolbert, so, so here's my dilemma. So this week, we're doing the word association game that Mike came up with last week. So we have already done so we have already done a McFoley episode. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with two different options. We can either have a Goldberg episode next week oh, God, or please. a Bret Hart episode next week. I'd much rather have a Bret Hart episode over a Goldberg episode because all we if we do Goldberg all we're going to do is talk about three spears and uh maybe uh a pile driver uh suplex uh much rather do bret hart how come we haven't done gold dust yet especially after well, watching because we have not had a match hell, i want to do gold dust yeah, we love- can have perhaps we can find a bret hart versus gold dust match oh i like this game i like this game and then eventually we will have a gold dust episode so mm-hmm. at this point Boys, are we going to have a Bret Hart episode Bret Hart, next dude. week? Bret Hart. Gotta go Bret Hart. Bret Hart, 100%. I right. love that. men slapping meat, but I think think Bret Hart should take it. This all right, week. so we will have a Bret Hart, the, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a very low-energy podcast this week. And we're doing what we can. At least we're here. That At least we are here giving you all the content that you need. Yeah, I'm going to go watch Maximum Overdrive on the big screen. Who made who? Who made you? I'm getting getting in the mood for Halloween. You know, October's coming, boys. Pretty soon we'll be talking about Havoc and doing all sorts of Halloween matches. Quick aside, Tolbert. When I was a kid, they used to have this thing called Piney Woods in the fall every year at uh, Huber Gray Park. It was this big festival that they did. It's kind of like a street festival, but... It was at Huber Gray Park, so it was a big deal. When I was a kid, they had the Maximum Overdrive 18-wheeler. The Gremlin? With the Green Goblin front on it. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. I was like, what the hell? This is incredible. Uh, I got to see it in person. I cried a little bit because it was so cool. Hell yeah. Go have fun. I will. Go, Go watch one of the worst yet greatest films ever filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah.